Is personality something you can develop just by working on it? What would it look like to actually grow your personality? In this episode, we'll apply our theory of growth to this very tricky topic. I'm Sharif Yunus with Dr. Kevin Majors. This is The Golden Hour. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you about our new masterclass. Now, if you think working better means longer hours, just trying harder, or sacrificing relationships, then think again. In this four-week masterclass, now available on OptimWork.com, Dr. Kevin Majors will guide you through the key ideas and the practice that will help you transform your approach to work. Now, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of The Golden Hour. I'm Sharif Yunus here with Dr. Kevin Majors. Kevin, thanks for coming on again. Hey, Sharif. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, Kevin, I thought we could uh, explore a new topic today, which, which is personality. Now, we often talk about growth in terms of growth at work, growth in mastery, growth in skills, growth in ideals, growth in virtue. But I thought it might be interesting to talk about maybe this, the softer skill or like growth in personality. And I guess to do that, we have to start with what is personality uh, and maybe some certain initial conceptions in, involve what we might call a fixed mindset. So thinking, okay, part of my personality is that I am shy or I am a morning or I'm a morning person or I'm not, or I'm outgoing or I'm introverted or extroverted. So I thought we could kind of explore this whole question and get into how to really develop our personalities. So I don't know if you have any initial thoughts on what personality is, especially in relation to that kind of tradifying or labeling. Yeah, I think that the whole concept of personality is treacherous because it is so riddled with the idea of a fixed mindset. So the moment a person says about themselves, like, I am this way, or I is you know that like you know I am just the kind of person you know who hates shopping malls. Well, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> it's like that, and is that really defining them in some way? You know, is that uh, or if I am a person who just hates getting out of bed in the morning? So I think oftentimes the concept of personality it's doing a mischievous kind of work. Defending the person from change. So it becomes a reason not to change. I've never really seen a person like, you know, use that concept of personality in order to get growth from themselves. Like, you know, someone say he's afraid of public speaking has never come to me and said, I'm just such an outgoing person. You know, why is that not helping me speak in public? Somehow, whatever the challenge they're facing, that they're not knowing how to get traction on, they attribute it to the personality. And so I only, in my practice, tend to see it do a negative work. It's like it holds people back. Uh, and it even just shuts off whole avenues of growth. So I just, even in like the research into personality, and, you know, they talk about there's a four-factor model and there are these things that I, you know, Knowing that someone is more reward dependent has never affected my 
treatment of a patient. It's never affected my diagnosis. It doesn't have any bearing on the course of anything that I can determine. So to me, say, well, then what's really the point of trying to assess people's personalities? What's the thing of trying to apply the right labels to people? Because no matter what label you apply to someone, it's always falsifiable. And if someone says, I'm just shy, well, okay, I'll show them circumstances where they're shy, but there are also times when they're not shy. And I think all labels in some sense are contextual. Now, yeah, so it, but that, that could be helpful to know. So if you're dealing with someone, you know that, okay, they're going to be shy with, in a group of new people. So that can be helpful to know that element of the, their current, kind of current state of their personality that, okay, if now if I'm introducing them to a bunch of friends, I might have to work to bring them out a little bit more, ask them questions. They might not do it on their own. So that there can be, can that be helpful? I think it's certainly helpful to know the, the way people are and the way they, they act in different situations, especially if they're coming to you for help. So you're trying to help them to grow. So if, if I was mentoring someone you know, and I saw that he or she was shy in a particular setting, that would be perhaps then a very fruitful thing to be working on. And to find out what is, what, you know, what's going on there. Is there, you know, it, it could be that the person actually feels anxiety, right, in, in the social setting. Well, but even then, anxiety and emotions tend not to be part of how people think of personality. They think of it more as a kind of temperament you know, or something, but, but what if it's just an emotional reaction that the person could, with a little bit of directed practice, learn to discover new things about and learn to, oh, wait, this is just adrenaline. And they start using the adrenaline and then they start aiming to be really encouraging of the people they meet. They aim at being warm. They practice speaking more loudly. They, uh, they bring out elements of their voice that they hadn't, you know, typically used in that setting. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can think of helping people grow. And then once they grow, they will look completely different. So I think of personality as a state of practice. You know, it's, it's just like, it's just a snapshot. Whatever you think of a, your personality, it's really sad that some people think they don't have personality or they think that they, you know, it's like that, no, everyone has it. And it's just, you have certain practices that may be more or less constrained in certain contexts, but it's always something that if you can break it down and work on it. And that's why I much rather think about skills and ideals and ways that people can be creative and flexible and get used to it. Because I think that the other thing is that in any, whatever people attribute to a personality, I would say it's just where they are right now on the learning curve. So when it comes to being shy at a party, okay, well, they're on the learning curve of getting comfortable introducing themselves, you know, with these Particular individuals, they're on a learning curve with knowing how to relate to them, you know, and in the party setting in general, they're on a learning curve. But I would much rather think about learning curves. So that that gets uh, to the question then of, of what's the nature of the curve that you're on when it comes to personality? So you mentioned skills and virtues and ideals, uh, but it strikes me that when you get to know a person, you're getting to know more than just what the thing, the skills that they've mastered or the qualities and virtues that they've developed. But there's an aspect of personality that's kind of distinct from that. It includes things like their sense of humor or their preferences or the things that they like. Um, so yeah, I get that. Okay. We don't want to put labels on people. We don't want to 
try to put people in categories or boxes. That's maybe too simplistic. We don't want to treat those things necessarily as fixed if it, that might prevent an opportunity for growth. Um, but, but what is it exactly that's differentiating people's personalities and, and, and then giving us the opportunity to grow in that direction? Well, I, th- I think what here we're struggling with is to say, like, what is unique about a given person? Now, you, you take the work of Shakespeare, you take the work of Milton, and you say they're both completely, they're completely different from each other. But their English, in both cases, is flawless. And there's genius in, in their way of writing, but yet it's a very different picture of genius. In fact, if you look at geniuses, you see that they're actually very different from each other. If you look at people who are like, like you know, heroes, you know, that heroes are all have very different characters. Um, and so I think when we're looking at the, you know, the people who have like most developed themselves, you know, and that had, you know, and, and most like had the most beautiful, strong characters, you see that they're actually very different from each other. Uh, but it's very hard to identify what is the precise way in which, in which they differ. Um, but again, it's like there's, there's something incommunicable and inexhaustible about a person. And so to me, the, this is not a problem for people who see that there is like in fathomless depth to every person that you can never totally summarize or put into words than how people differ from each other. Uh, it's a bigger problem, I think, for a reductionist who thinks that you can use a four-factor model to summarize a person's personality to say, then, well, then, then how are they different? I also think you could say that to the extent that people are caught in vicious cycles, they tend to resemble each other. And to the extent that they are thriving in virtuous cycles, they tend to appear different. And that everyone is somehow defined by the those ideals. They're like there are things that transcend them. There are things like ideals. There are certain truths that like somehow light up their mind in a very particular way. And so you can you can look in history and see the great people in history, you know, and you can see that there is an ideal that captured their imagination and their drive. And then they wanted to pursue it, or there's a particular truth that really struck them, you know. And so, you know, it was, you know, like for instance, and in, I know in Western, you know, history, when um, Anthony of the Desert heard this sermon and the words, you know, "Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven," those words, that truth struck him so deeply that he changed his entire life and the course of Western civilization. You know, by going out to the desert and following a new way of life, giving everything away. But the same truths didn't strike other great people in, in that tradition. It's like there's, there, there's, there are different kinds of truths that would seem to, you know, that light up. And that has something to do with the uniqueness of each individual. There are ideals and truths that powerfully galvanize all their energies. And those are completely different for different people. But even though they all fit together, they all agree. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying that I think that's a really interesting way of putting it. That it's partly the circumstances and the ideals you're aiming at that will define who you are uh, and and how you're going to develop. And there is that kind of 
infinite richness that's like the matter that each of us has to develop. Uh, so how how then would you suggest people in more ordinary circumstances apply that? Because now I see how, okay, that strikes me that, okay, I have to go s- seek out these extraordinary circumstances to develop my personality and express my uniqueness. But how, how would you say like, two software engineers are going to are software engineers now because their circumstances are very similar and maybe we both read clean code and we're both very into the ideal of writing clean code that now we're going to be very similar or so how does that differentiation work in more ordinary situ- situations that's a great question and tough one <clears throat> i think that just like I was thinking, you know, thinking like with, with vicious cycles, you know, people tend to become similar. Mm-hmm. I think you could say that, and I'm not saying that being a software engineer is a vicious cycle. It's just <laughs> that um, you better there, there's, <laughs> yes, there, but there is a sense in which um, that the more people are constrained, uh, the more similar then they're going to appear. And, and and so when you look at the ways in which people are inhibited and constrained. On the one hand, you can imagine people where like, imagine a software engineer, you know, who is, his entire life is just coding. And you think, well, well, then what is the kind of constriction that starts to happen in that, you know, and there's a way of solving problems. There's a way of going about doing things. And then he is limiting himself to a really small repertoire of behaviors. Okay, so if his whole life was just centered on, say, the success of his company and, and that you know, his, he's the main coder for it, let's say. Let's say it's something like optimal work and he's just the, co- he's the only coder for optimal work. Um, so if, if, if that were the case, you know, and his whole life, his, all his ambitions were contained in this one project. And he was then getting separated from all the other contexts, which is really the people in his life. Yeah, he is going to, his personality is going to be dampened and dampened and dampened because he's now made himself, rather than being like a full person in full color, he's more of a tool to accomplish an end. And I think that when people are very outcome oriented, very project oriented, just getting things done, they all, their personality gets constrained. Somehow they're just not honoring their own nature as a person and then the people around them as having meaning beyond this outcome. So you can kind of think of, there are certain contexts like where someone, um, for instance, there's this, um, you know, this is where stereotypes come in. Stereotypes come in, you know, when, because there's something constrained going on. Imagine a person obsessed with having a perfect wedding. Okay, well, they're all going to start to behave similarly the more they're con- constrained by that one end you know, or a person obsessed with job security or getting a paper published. I'm sure the doctors who are just focused on publishing, publishing as much as they can, they're going to tend to like lose personality because they're just getting caught by an outcome. So one big thing then is, is it, you know, are you really constraining yourself by outcomes and projects versus your bonds with others, which is where your personality then is, is expressed? Yeah, Kevin, I think that makes a lot of sense that when you're just seeking outcomes, there's you can kind of bypass growth. At the end of it, you just get a thing. You get a 
a success or you get an award or you get whatever. But you, I think it's very common that you can look back at the end of what might seem like a successful time and realize I didn't change. I didn't grow. I didn't learn anything. So, and then it seems that you're, you're pointing towards this growth happening within the context of our relationships with other people, the bonds that we're forming. Is that right? Yeah, I think that that is the, that's the thing. I think when people are just focused on an outcome, that is, that's one of the main factors that constricts their personality. So if you feel like your personality in a certain situation is dampened and you just can't express yourself, well, one, it might be because you're just trying to get stuff done. You know, rather than aiming to broaden the horizon by growing in, you know, in, 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 you know, growing in some skills, growing in, you know, in living some ideal, and, and then especially aiming to love and serve others so that it broadens out the scope to other people. Because uh, it does seem like you don't have personality when you're just by yourself, right? That you, to have what we would call personality, it's really about how you're relating to others. So yes, one thing is that you put a priority on the people in your life instead of the projects in your life. Now, I see that as deeply being about like having sincerity, you know, that you are not just doing things for self-satisfaction, but you're sincerely seeking a greater good. But then also you could say that the the that because you're dealing then with other people, it opens up a whole new way of being mindful, which is that you can completely forget about yourself and really just be, you know, like attending to the other. And I don't know if your experience is like, but isn't it, don't you think it's true that when people forget about themselves totally, their personality comes out more richly? Yeah, I think that's right. That you can just be yourself more. Uh, but then, but then now, but at the same time, I think there's a sense in which personality is not just about like expressing who you are deep down, but that whatever it is deep down also still has to be developed. No, like the, the ability to tell jokes or the ability to sing or, or be, you know, I don't know. There are different things that I think have to be developed. Is that wrong? Am I reading things wrong? Yeah, I think that there are always going to be skills and ideals that you can be you can be deepening. But there's something essential about like letting yourself be known. Yeah, and really that's a kind of generosity, being vulnerable with people. It's like you're trusting them and to be generous in trusting others. You know, and so there's there's a way in which um the more you completely let like our you know trying to be bond ready. So you're ready to build bonds with others, ready to forget about yourself and ready to let yourself really be known. The more your personality naturally will come out. So you could take it and like your, your sense of humor is going to come out more naturally. You know, if uh, the, your whole heart, you know, everything that's in your heart, you know, and the way that you, you know, the degree to which you love others and how you love them, all of that gets expressed then more and more naturally in everything that you do. So I don't think we can ever, there is something I think that you can't summarize about a person's personality, but we can say what dampens it. And, and, you know, and when you're just pursuing ends and you're self-conscious and protecting yourself you know, you know, from being vulnerable, that's going to tend in everyone's case to dampen their expression of their personality. You know, but... 
all I think psychology can do is to help remove the obstacles, to help people aim for being bond ready, aim to be serving others and connecting to others in their life, aim to be forgetting about themselves, then aim to be open to that, to, you know, to being vulnerable, to let themselves actually be known. Um, and uh, sincerely, you could say, be interested in the others. And the more we, that's what psychology can contribute. And then you'll see the authentic development of personality. But there is something about personality that is transcends what psychology can summarize. You know, and it's just a unique, unrepeatable, incommunicable individual substance of a rational nature. <laughs> that that's that's what a person is, <laughs> and that I think that that's what you're left with. That's a v- very interesting philosophical take. take. Uh, Boethius, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, Kevin, I mean, I think that's that's all the time we have. This has been a great discussion. So, I don't know. I want to the questions I've been asking have been a little bit all over the place. So, I want to give you an opportunity to um, summarize or kind of present your unified perspective on this as a last word? Well, what I would say is that rather than thinking about personality traits, people should think about learning curves, you know, and and to always be what, so if you think of yourself as a, you know, not a morning person and yet you have to get up early, then just accept that there's a learning curve there and you're going to have to learn to do it. Um, I can't help but say that the best thing you can do to switch things is jump out of bed the moment the alarm first sounds. <laughs> go exercise outside, you know, within the first half hour of being awake, so that you get exposed to sunlight mm-hmm. uh, for at least ten minutes. Yeah, uh, especially for our listeners in the uh, northern hemisphere now, where it's getting nice out. <laughs> exactly, take take advantage of it. But anyway, I, I, my point is that there are always things, no matter what you say, you're fixed. Is this is just the way my character is? I would say, no, that's where a learning curve is, you know, and so, and you can learn to make that, you can learn to make it easier. And as you do that, the more you focus on really like being ready to be, you know, forming bonds with others in any situation in your life, your personality will naturally then come out more. The things that constrict a personality, you know, are getting too focused on projects, and getting something done, being too focused on yourself, being self-conscious and you know caught in your own theories about yourself, and then, yeah, and then not being willing to take risks to actually let yourself be known. The more you overcome those, you know, uh, and the, the more you look for opportunities to, to overcome them, the more you'll see that all these things that you once thought were your personality and were fixed were in fact just certain practices you had that can be shaped. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. This is a very inspiring message. I'm, I'm really into this topic right now. So Thanks, Sharif. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing. Yes, glad, glad it resonates. Okay, great. We'll be back next week. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to check out OptumWork.com for a set of online tools to help you engage challenge in your life. See you next week.